Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Well, you got to stir yourselves up, man. That's it. That's what the Lord tells us. You know, we got to get stirred. Amen. So, hopefully he got my message today, right? Okay, cool, cool. All right. So I already sent him out the, the title, the scriptures, you know. One thing is that this is a Wednesday night, you know, and one thing is it, it's really a... Thank you, bro. You know, uh, basically a Bible study, you know, so, you know, I want to bring you the word, but it's going to be the word. Amen. But I'm going to start off with, uh, are you a player? All right. You know, you know, you can go a lot of ways with this one. All right. But are you a player? All right. And let's look at it the right way, God's way, through His Word. You know, Pastor used the same scripture on Sunday. He used 2 Samuel 23, and I'm going to start off with that. He says in, in verse 11, he says, Next to him was Shammah, son of Egi, the Herite. And when the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of lentils, Israel's troops, troops fled from them, but Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field and he defended it and struck down the Philistines down and the Lord brought a great victory. Amen. Amen. Are you a player? Shama was all in. He didn't run. Everybody else took off, but he was there. He didn't leave because he knew that the power and the strength that he had was going to come from God. We can't rely on ourselves, church. We gotta, we gotta look to God to help us out through everything that we go through. Amen. But just because you're on the team, just because you're playing the game, first thing I want to look at is that sometimes we end up on the bench. Come on. Oh, right off. Yeah, you get on the bench. But think about how'd you end up on the bench? And I want to look at a couple of areas tonight, what causes us to get on that bench. Amen? All right? So uh, a lot of times we think, well, I'm doing it all. I got it all together. I got it all right. I'm doing the right thing. Then all of a sudden you get hit with a curveball. Bam! Where'd that come from? But see, just because you're walking with the Lord, just because you're on the team of God, and just because you think that you got it all together... And boom, the devil throws you a curveball and knocks you flat on your face. And now you're on that bench. You're on the sideline. You don't even know what to do. You don't even know how to get up from where you're at. First Peter 5, verses 8 through 9, he says, Be alert and be sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking to for someone to devour Resist him, the Lord says. Resist him, standing firm in your faith because you know that your family of believers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. You're not the only one that's going to go through it. 
You're not the only ones that's going to face getting hit by the enemy. You're not the only one that's going to get sidelined and being on the bench. God is wanting you to realize that you have to stand on your faith. You can't be looking around for anybody else's faith. Where's your faith at tonight? What do you believe in tonight? Whose team are you on? See, the devil wants to knock you flat on your face and get you on the sideline and get you out of the game and get you on the bench and get you to sit there and do nothing. But God says, no, no, that's not the way it's going to be. You know what? Another time, a lot of times we're on the sideline, we're on the bench, and and because we're not all that. Just face it, we're not all that. We don't get yeah, we don't have it all together. There's team, there's uh, team players out there in all kinds of sports today, and a lot of them are end up on the sideline on the bench because either they messed up, they don't know how to play right, they 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 just don't have it together. And 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 what are they doing about it? You gonna just sit there on the bench? Are you? In 2 Timothy 2.15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker that does not need to be ashamed, who rightly, correctly handles the word of truth. You get on the sideline because you thought you had it all together. You thought you were doing it all the right way. You thought you were doing it the way you're supposed to do it. But God says, no, you're not doing it right. Now you're sitting. Now you're on the bench again. Now you don't know what to do again. You're, you know, another, another area to look at is having a bad attitude. Having a bad attitude. And one, one thing that God is wanting us to do is to change. And that and I, I look at uh, Galatians chapter 5 tonight in verse 13 through 26. And, and it says a few scriptures here to read because, uh, and I, I believe pastor even mentioned the same scriptures on Sunday as well. Brothers and sisters, you are called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather serve one another humbly in love, for your entire for the for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command: love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out that you will not destroy be destroyed by each other. Verse sixteen. So I say, walk by the spirit and not by the gratitude of the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So they are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you will not be under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, Impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, self, selfish ambition, dissensions, fractions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. It's amazing. That's a pretty long list. Why you have bad attitudes. Does that warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with their passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying one another. A bad attitude is going to get you out of the game. Bad attitude is going to put you on the bench. That bad attitude is not going to let you play with the rest of the team. But it's amazing how the list for what God calls the fruit of the Spirit is a lot less than the one that has the, the flesh going on in their lives. Because, see, when you're living for God, your, your attitude's going to change. When you're on the team, your attitude's going to change. When you're doing what God wants you to do, you're going ha- to care about one another. You're going to care about those that are coming in. You're going to care about who's sitting next to you. You're going to care about who's behind you, who's in front of you, who's to the left and who's to the right. You're not going to worry about how they look or what they look like or who they are or what color they are or what nationality they are. Because God has brought us all together as one. We are the body of Christ. And he's tired of seeing people sitting on the bench. He's tired of seeing people sitting on the sideline and not doing anything anymore because they get hit, they get hit and they don't know how to get back up. They have the wrong attitude. They don't know how to get, get, get in the game with the right attitude. Or they're, they're sitting there because they don't have it all together and they don't want to change. God is wanting to change our lives, change our lives, change, real faith, real change, real faith, real change. But we have to get it through our heads first. Because in order for it to get to our heart, we have to concentrate upon it up here. But the problem is we don't want to read the word of God. We don't want to hear what God's going to tell us. Because if we hear what God's going to tell us, oh, wait a minute, that's why most people don't want to read the Bible today. Because they only come to church and the only time they hear it is when they're in service. That's pretty sad that the church, the devil knows more about the word of God than the church does. And it's the truth. You look at statistics out there in the world and you go ahead and search it online and it'll tell you the same facts. You want to find facts? It's out there. It's online. It's on the internet. It's amazing how much we have uh, available to our lives today that we did 20, 30, 40 years ago. But we don't want to open up the Bible to hear anything that God has for our lives. See, first of all, in order to get back in the game, you have to be a team player. You can't do it alone. 1 Corinthians 1.10, it says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you will be perfectly united in mind and thought. See, we have to work together, church. You know, you, you, you got to realize, he says, you are the body of Christ. What part are you? Are you p- part of the hand or part of the arm? Are you the hand? Are you the upper portion? Are you the lower portion? Are you the elbow? Are you the soldier? Soul, soldier. Yes, you are. So, so, shoulder. All right. Amen. It doesn't matter what part you are, but you got to be connected to one another. Amen. What good is it doing you to be one part and you don't want to connect with your brothers and sisters? Well, I don't want to have nothing to do with them. I don't want to fellowship with them. I don't like the way they look. I don't like the way she smiles. 
<laughs> she, yeah, right. But God brought us together in his house. The thing is, is that you got to be a team player and a team player is going to reach out to those that are around you. And the ones that you don't see here, you got to reach out to them. Even if they don't want to hear from you, you still reach out to them. We got to get over our indifferences in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14. Just as the body through one is many parts, but all its many parts form one body. This is what, so this is Christ. So we were all baptized in one spirit so that we form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, whether we are given with one spirit to drink, even so the body is not made up of one part but many. We have to get along, church. We have to realize, he says, whether you are a Jew or a Greek, free or slave, you know, and, and we think, well, you know, you, the world don't want to hear that word slave today or free today or, or Jew or, or Greek or, or they don't want to come together because, well, well, wait a minute. I can't have anything to do with this nationality or that nationality. And that's why countries are separated today. And they have their own governments and they have their own rules and all the regulations and their laws and their religions. That's division. But the kingdom of God is not division. The kingdom of God is a group of people that come together and put all that aside and put it underneath your feet because that's the lie of the devil. We can't be thinking about, well, I can't love this sister or this sister or my pastor over there or my brother and sister here or my pastors here. Hogwash. You know, we need to change. We need to hear the word of God. A lot of people aren't here tonight because, well, maybe it's because they just don't want to hear the word of God. Because there's too many empty seats. Maybe if they listen to it online, well, maybe they'll listen and hear something and let God speak to them. But if we don't let the word of God speak to our lives, then we're here for nothing. We have all kinds of classes going on in the church today. But if you're not participating in them, it's not going to do you any good. It's all to help you to learn, to study, to show yourselves approved. To get along, to fellowship and sup with one another and go out together and have a good time. But we don't know how to do that because we're too into ourselves. God's wanting us to be teachable both ways, both ways. I don't care how you look at it. You got to be teachable. You have to hear instructions. You have to hear what God has. In, in Hebrews 4.12, he says, for the word of God is alive and active. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, the joints and marrow. And it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. This is what the Word of God does. This is what God wants us. In order for us to be teached, sometimes we have to be told that we are messed up. 
But I don't want to hear that I'm messed up. I don't want to admit that I messed up. I don't want to admit that I did wrong. I don't want to admit that I've sinned. I don't want to admit. What did pastor say tonight? You got to find somebody. Find somebody that you can talk to to pray about it, to get over it. But we don't even connect with one another anymore today. We just come here, we show up for service, and we're gone for the rest of the week. That's reality, church. That's what's happening in the church today. We're not connecting anymore. We're not fellowshipping anymore. We're not coming together in Bible studies anymore. I remember when I, we first came to the church, we started Bible studies. And, and, and it was thriving. It was going. It was building. And it was seeing uh, people coming together and doing things together and supping together and fellowshipping and eating and breaking bread. But we don't see that anymore. Because we forgot what, what God wants to do in our lives. In Proverbs 13, 18, he says, whoever, whoever disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame. But whoever heeds correction is honored, he says. Honored. Because you listen to what God has to tell you. See, that's what God wants to do. He, just wants, to, he wants to give us instructions. He wants us to wait upon him. As I mentioned in the message the previous week, is that God is wanting us to hear from him. He's wanting us to listen to him. He's wanting his word to be in our lives. He's wanting his word that we meditate upon it daily. Daily. Not just whenever I feel like it, whenever I think about it. Amen? Got to get excited, church. Come on. If I'm not loud enough, I, I can raise up my voice. <laughs> but one thing we have to realize, though, if we're in the game, we're in the game. We gotta, you gotta realize there's all kinds of sports activities today. There's all kinds of sports. Uh, all, uh, I mean, there's hundreds of different sports out there today. But guess what? Each one of those players, what do they want to do? Think about it. If you're uh, on a team, what do you want? To win. Of course you want to win. You play to win. And God does the same thing in the kingdom of God. In 1 Corinthians 9, 2, he says, Do you not know that all that run a race are runner? Let me just start all over. Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get that prize. Every team out there is trying to get the prize. Where is the church at? Where's the church at today? You went on to win, and the team, you're Team Jesus. That's the team you're on. That's the team that you're fighting for. That's the team that you have to get it together for. That's the team that you need to learn and help and instruct one another and teach one another about the Word of God. If you're here today, I want you to know that if you're not locked in with somebody, you need to find somebody that's going to help you, to help you to grow, help you to mature, help you to be the man and woman of God that you need to be. And 
I didn't write it down, and I was sharing with Pastor just before service tonight about the disciples were called, and, and uh, the people were complaining they had nobody to serve the tables. And they said, go out and choose yourself seven men of good report, they said, and full of the Holy Ghost. Good report and full of the Holy Ghost to serve tables. Not to do anything else, just to be a servant, to be full of the Holy Ghost. Are you not servants here in the kingdom of God? Then you need to have your cup full. You can't come in half empty or half full. What happened to the, the ten virgins? Half of them were, had their cups full and overflowing, and the other half had nothing. And they wanted to borrow, and they couldn't have any of what they They told them, no, I can't sell you what I have. I can't give you what I have, because if I give to you, then I won't have enough. Because they wanted to have, have their cup overfilled. God wants you to have your cup overfilled. You need to be overflowing. You need to want more. You have to desire more. You have to, to think about what you want, what you have. What do you have? What do you have to use? And what do you need? In Hebrews 12, 1 through 6, it says, Therefore, since you are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us not throw off everything that hinders and, hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked for, uh, out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorned its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that he, he will not grow weary and lose heart. God's disciples disciplines his children he says God disciplines his children in verse 4 he says in your struggle against sin you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood you have and have you completely forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son it says my son do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Amen? Amen. If you don't have the word of God, you're not letting God soak into your life. You're not letting your life be changed. You're not letting your life be directed by the word of God. If you're not being flowing in the spirit that God's wanting you to flow in, he's going to tell you. And you got to accept it. You got to receive it. You got to say, okay, I, all right, God, I, I understand. I remember in, in, in the past when I first got saved and the preachers were preaching and they, and they would say, oh, we'd be sitting there and we'd say, oh, that's not for me. That's not for me. You remember those days? Yeah, we always say, well, it's not for me. It's for my brother or my sister or for that person or this person, but it's not for me. I'm all right. I'm okay. No, you're not. You're a liar. God says that if you say that you have not sinned, you call God a liar. Yeah, you're calling God the liar, not, not anybody else. It says, God, God says, all have sinned and come short of his glory. See, 
One thing about winning the race is that we're going to get hurt along the way. And the thing is, is that, and I thought about that, and and I and I wrote down the scripture, Luke 10, 29 through 37, and um, check this out. But he wanted to justify himself, and he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? And in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down to, Jerusalem to Jericho, from Jerusalem to Jericho, when he was uh, attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to go by down the same road, and when he saw the man, passed on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place where he saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan... As he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him and went to him, banished his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put him on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day that he took two denarii and gave it to the innkeeper, he said, Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man? who fell among the, the, the robbers. And the expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, check this out, Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Here, this is a man that he said was an expert on the law. In other words, he knows the word of God. You know the word of God. Jesus is going to tell you the same thing. When your brother and sister is hurt, you are his neighbor. You are that good Samaritan. You are the one that needs to do likewise. No, we see our brother and sister falling. We see them hurt. We, we see them left for dead, but we're like this, the, the, the priest. We're like the Levite. We run off to the other side because we don't want it to cost us anything. We don't want it to put anything out and go out of our way to help somebody that needs to be helped. We don't want to, when we see somebody that needs something to, to eat or to drink or our clothing or our, our food, and, and we, we say, oh, now i got to go the other way. We, we become religious. We, that's what we do. We, we actually become religious because we don't want to do anything for the kingdom of God. We don't want to help. And it's not just the church. There's people out there that, that are dying of hunger and thirsty and they need clothing and, and, and they need shelter. And, and I know we can only do so much, but the thing is, is that we make excuses why we can't do anything today. We make excuses. But Jesus replied to that man that was an expert of the law, you go and do likewise. You take care of him. He wanted to question Jesus who his neighbor was. Well, he, if he already was an expert in the law, he already knew who his neighbor was. But he's trying to justify himself. He's trying to find a, a loophole in the law to get out of doing what his responsibility is. We already know what our responsibility is. We're supposed to do whatever we can. Whatever we are able to do, that's what we're supposed to do. 
If it's going to cost you something, so be it. Let it cost you something. You think that God's not going to reward you for what you do? Amen. Me and my wife, throughout the years, we have always, always opened up our doors for men and women that come in, and we gave them shelter. We would feed them. We would help them. We would guide them. We would direct them to get a job, to get their own place, to get on their own feet. And we did that for years after years after years, and I still help people. It doesn't stop just because years have passed by. We need to continue to win the race and we need to get help when we need help. And if the church isn't helping you, then there's a problem. Finish the race, the Lord wants you to know. Finish the race. Don't quit. God is always going to be there for you. Deuteronomy 31.8, the Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Do not be afraid, he says. Do not be discouraged. Amen. Amen. God is always going to be with you. He's going to help you through that race. I'll tell you this, my wife won won the race. She completed her course. She's in heaven. She's in the throne. Why? Because she didn't give up. She didn't stop. She didn't quit. And she hurt. She was in pain. But she kept going forward. She didn't tell people what she was going through. She just did what she could. And you know people that are not here today that have run the race and they they finished their course. We know a lot of people. But they completed that race. They completed that course. They finished the finish line. And I wrote down, going back to the beginning about Shama. I, I mean, is, isn't that awesome? You know, you think about David's man. And here, here David, at one time, is, he's, he's before the Philippi, Philistines. <laughs> See what you did, Pastor? And, and, and the thing is, is that he, he spoke out loud and about wanting a drink from the well from Bethlehem. And three of his warriors broke through the garrison just to get him that water from the well. Our pastors, I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm always looking, I'm always seeing things. But you know something? Our pastors do a lot. They do a lot. And it's pretty sad that we can't see the church rising up to help out around here. I I wasn't going to say nothing, but God has put in my heart to say something because you know something? It's pretty sad that our pastors, that our pastors are always doing everything around here all the time. You don't show up, but he's over here. He's straightening the chairs. He's picking up the trash. He's doing this or doing that. Why? Because we can't even get the church to come in early to do anything. Because it's an inconvenience. It might cost us something. It, we might not realize it, but, you know, pastor's time is important. It's important. 
when he calls for uh, for the well conference and 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 he's looking for volunteers but you know something we need volunteers now not when the conference comes We can't even get ushers and usherettes on a on a, a weekly basis to to be committed to doing anything today because it's not an importance. It's not a, a it's not one of their priorities anymore. God is wanting the church to to turn around. Shama didn't leave that field just because the rest of the team left. It's okay if I'm going to be the only member of the body of Christ there. I'm going to do whatever I can for the rest of the team. He didn't run off. He had a great victory that day because he trusted in God. He allowed the Spirit of God to flow in his life, flow through him, and that sword clung to him. It said, if you read it, it was like being welded to his hand. Because he wasn't going to quit. We quit every time we go through a little battle. Oh, I barely got hurt. I can't, I can't run the race no more. Oh, I, I got to... <laughs> no, we're a bunch of chions. That's it. That's it. That's it. We make excuses for everything. But we got to be in, in the team. We need to be team players. If you're on the bench, you got to figure out how to get off the bench. Just sitting on the bench isn't going to do you any good. Why are you there in the first place? God wants you to know. Why are you there? Is it because of your attitude? Is it because you thought you had it all together? Come on. We need to change. God's wanting us to change. The church is all he has to witness to that world out there. And that world doesn't even know where they're going. They don't even know what they believe in anymore. The scientists are lying to them. The government's lying to them. Politicians are lying to them. And this is what every day, every day, every day. I read. I do a lot of reading. I read about what's going on in the world today. I want to know what's going on. And it's pretty sad. It's pretty disgusting to see how the world is going. And the church is just sitting by doing nothing. And yeah, we have people that are faithful, that are committed, and they're giving their all. But the, the majority of the body of Christ is doing nothing. Let's get in the game. Let's be a player. Let's get off the bench. Let's finish the race. Let's win the way God wants us to win. With the word of God inside your lives, inside your heart, meditating upon it daily. Learn about what God has for you. If you don't have it all together, you know what you don't have. You know what you need. You know what God wants to do in you. You know what he's told you. You know what he's instructed you to do. Are you doing it? Are you doing what God has called you to do? Are you just sitting there on the bench? Well, 
I'll keep it warm for the next guy that comes around. Come on. And by that time, you'll be gone. You'll be faded away because of the lies and the deceit of the enemy. Let's get back into